This is Mike Levin. I'm here with J.G. Greg Friedman, friend of a friend, here in Winter Park, Florida. It is Thursday, March the 2nd, 2006, and we are forging new um, ground here, talking about things a little bit um, apart from technology, and uh, Greg is an artist in uh, visiting from Vancouver and we've spent a few days together and really enjoyed each other's company so we thought we'd turn this into a podcast and talk a little bit about Greg's work his website um, and background and, and let you folks get acquainted with him Hi there Hi Mike I'm a little disappointed that you described me as a friend of a friend i I think of you as a friend now, and uh, although we did uh, meet through a, uh, a mutual friend, uh, that's the way most people meet, I think, and, uh, and I hope that you'll in the future uh, think of me as a friend uh, in the first person. Absolutely. Starting now. Great. Yeah. So, I've seen your website. Now, what is the, uh, the, the URL of your website? It's uh, jgfriedman.com. And that's F R. Double E D M A N dot com. Yeah. All right. Now I describe your art as realistic. Yeah, absolutely. This, this is from a, a complete civilian's point of view. Yeah. If you get uh, if you get close enough to it, uh, it's it starts to uh, you can see that uh, it certainly isn't a photograph. That this is uh, that this is a painting. But from about four feet or farther away, uh, I try and uh, and. I, I hope that my paintings uh, look uh, even more real than a uh, than a photograph would, because of the. Um, I am actually trying for an effect where the colors are a little bit heightened, and the uh, and the drama of what you see on the canvas is a uh, is a little bit. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of clearer than anything else that you might uh, that you might see in real life. And that's uh, what has become known as magic realism. Magic realism. Yeah, it's it originally came from uh, literature, uh, uh, the term, but it started to be applied to artists, uh, most famously, as in the Americans, uh, uh, Wyeth is is a magic realist. Andrew. Andrew Wyeth. Andrew. Andrew Wyeth. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I've broken out of the civilian ranks. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So you've had some uh, shows and uh, uh, some exposure and um, I guess enjoying some, uh, shall we say, celebrity, you know, having, having, a, having a good time and, and some success with your work. Um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, um, I, I worked as, uh, uh, I studied architecture originally and uh, I would have been, I'm so glad I didn't go into that because... Uh, uh, you know, about the worst thing that can happen with a painting is that it falls off the wall and breaks a vase. But uh, you know, architecture. Uh, God, I was. Uh, you know, I could I could design pretty buildings, but you know, if it came ever came to the engineering that was required, uh, 
uh, I just couldn't get my head around calculus. And uh, my understanding of that is that it's pretty important in architecture. So it was just as well that I found a, another path to take. Unfortunately, I couldn't make a living as an artist, uh, much as I loved it, and uh, I ended up working on the tugboats in Canada, uh, and then later on ferry boats. Uh, I eventually became a captain and uh, and did that for many years. And so uh, when I uh, I had a chance to get back to art, uh, a lot of the theme that I worked on originally or early on was uh, early on in the last ten years has been. Uh, marine themes uh, from the standpoint of somebody who has worked in that area and uh, you know not the romantic side of it the the workaday side of it uh, uh, the uh, the rust and the uh, and the uh, diesel fumes uh, I like it when people look at my paintings and say you know I can I think I can actually smell the diesel I, I consider that a high compliment indeed so for you, it's not just a job, though. It's uh, also a passion because you've told me that you do a bit of sailing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's actually how I got into uh, working on the tugs. I, uh, as I said, when I was studying architecture, uh, I was in Los Angeles, and, um, the, and I was uh, living on a sailboat uh, in Long Beach, and uh, commuting every day to UCLA, which is a long commute, um, and but it was it was uh, cheap digs. All I had to do was varnish. I had to keep it was a it was a big sailboat. It was 65 feet. It was all bright work, and I had to keep the varnish up. And I thought that that was probably cheap rent, but it turns out that uh, it took me pretty much my entire summers to uh, strip that thing down and varnish it from one end to the to the other. But uh, then when I, uh, I moved to Canada and I was actually looking for, for uh, a, uh, something to do uh, besides uh, working as a draftsman, uh, I, uh, I ended up uh, working, on, working for some, uh, somebody in a uh, yacht marina and, uh, and got onto the tugs that way. And how did, how did painting come about? Um, it was it was something that I just always loved doing. But uh, I had come from a pretty pretty much work uh, working background, and uh, and I didn't think anybody was allowed to do anything that they really enjoyed uh, as a means of livelihood. Uh, that wouldn't have been considered uh, manly, uh, and so that's why you know uh, my my parents hadn't been to university, but they of course. The dream was that all their kids would go to university, whether they were suited for it or not. It turns out I, I wasn't very suited for it, and uh, so I, uh, I uh, tried to. I, you know, I was good at painting, and I did it as a hobby. And uh, and people saw my work, and eventually, uh, uh, they, you know, got a hold of gallery uh, people and. And I, I'd hang in galleries, but uh, I'll tell you, it's a tough way to make a living. I bet, I bet. But again, um, as as far as you know, getting into your um, role, um, I suppose you have to do a, a kind of a quantum shift uh, in order to to get into the painting that you're painting, and 
um, get your, your head into what you're trying to create and, and uh, get that uh, message across on the canvas. Well, yeah, I did have to do a quantum shift when I was when I was still working on the boats. Uh, I had gone gone to work on the boats because, uh, by and large, it was a week on week off situation. So, uh, as a, a, an artist friend of mine described painting, he says it's kind of like starting a locomotive. He says it takes a long time to get it going, it takes a long time to stop it. And, uh, but uh, that's all I do now, so I don't have to make that shift. I, I found that it was just about impossible when I was working, even with that. Those long periods of time off, uh, uh, I'm not a well-disciplined person. At least I wasn't when I was younger. I think I'm a lot better disciplined now, but uh, I'm also doing what I love to do now, and uh, and that helps, uh, I think that helps motivate me. Well, what I see when I when I look at your art, and I can, I can visualize your website, uh, www.jgfriedman.com, right? Yeah. Um, I see vivid colors. I see blues and yellows, the colors of the sea, sunshine. I see faces of people, um, and it you know it seems bright and happy, uh, um, pleasing, and uh, you know I can envision. I can think of where I'd like to see your art in my home. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, uh, near a, a, a patio table. You know, in a happy, uh, airy, uh, sunshiny area. Um, I guess what what do you think of in terms of destinations for your art when you create your your art? Don't think about it at all. I don't think about that end of it. I don't think about the consumer end of it at all. And I think anybody who's in the arts and does think about the consumer end of it uh, probably should get out of the arts. I think that the only thing that you can validly think of as a creator is what motivates you to make the creation. And uh, and I think market considerations are um, ill-conceived and, and probably uh, deadly to what it is you're trying, the effect that you're trying to, to get. Um, you're, I, I agree with you completely about the uh, the colors of my paintings. I really do try and um, give my colors a lot of impact. I'm good with color, in that uh, I can I can create uh, a, a, a lot of artists. Quite honestly, are not good with color. They uh, and they'll uh, they'll muddy their colors and uh, and they uh, use a very limited palette. I I am good with color, so I I uh, can. Uh, uh, I don't really have anything that's defined as my palette uh, because I I, uh, I use all colors. Uh, and I do try and make my paintings attractive because I think that there's enough ugly art in the world. Uh, I really do. I think that uh, for some reason uh, the last century was, uh, was obsessed with making ugly art or at least not making pretty art. And I think, okay, we've had enough of that. I don't want to be responsible for any more of that. But I've got to take issue with your description of them as being happy, and I think that that's more coming from the the uh, colorization than the actual content. Um, I think that if you look at the work more closely, you'll find that there is a lot of ennui and a lot of um, maybe longing that's there. I do use people. I always have a storyline in my paintings. Um, I think that that makes them much more interesting, um, and you know I, I appreciate uh, a landscape or a still life as much as the next person. 
but for me it's important to for a storyline to be there for the person who looks at uh, the canvas that uh, I have been working on to wonder uh, you know what's happened here uh, um, and and uh, hopefully I've given them enough clues that they can pick up a storyline and it relates somehow to their own lives that's okay. what I'm hoping for now just a brief segue of I hope you want to talk about this. Uh, but you mentioned that an article was just published about you in a magazine called Nouveau Magazine. Nouveau. Oh yeah, do I want to talk about that? Okay, I mean, that's just a, that's cool. Yeah, Nouveau is is a uh, is one of these. That's uh, N U V O. N U V O. Yeah, it's a Canadian magazine. Uh, I understand that you can get it in the United States at some uh, Barnes and Nobles and uh, and places like that, but it's fifteen dollars a copy. So. Uh, uh, but you can go to their to their uh, website, mm. and uh, would it be nouveau.com? Yeah, it is. Okay, and uh, and you can uh, and they have a um, an excerpt, uh, and it's written by a uh, well known Canadian uh, by the name of Jurgen Goth, and uh, and I'm just I really haven't read the article yet. It just came out a couple of days ago, and and I'm down in Florida uh, visiting you and and other friends and. Uh, so I can't wait till I get back to Canada and see this thing. Uh, it's uh, it's not a uh, a magazine that uh, is has a large circulation, but the circulation that it does get out to are uh, are all the four star hotels and the uh, and the suites on the uh, cruise ships and uh, and uh, the presidents of corporations and that sort of thing. So, what do you think people will uh, encounter when they read the article? Will it be a biography or a uh, your current work, or uh, I think that it's it's. Um, I haven't read the article. I know that there are pictures of my work in the article, and uh, I just think that it's um, it's Jurgen Goth's take on my stuff. Okay. He was he was quite uh, um, uh, impressed, I think, when he saw my work, and and uh, and he. Uh, he undertook to get to know me and and do the uh, the interview and and I was delighted because he's a well-known national uh, personality in Canada and he does a radio show the uh, the most listened to uh, radio show on FM uh, nationwide on on the CBC network and uh, and I always listen to it and it's it's really cool because I listen to it every day while I'm painting so he's talking about the paintings that I did while I was listening to him. Oh, wow. And that's that has a nice symmetry to it. Well, you know, in uh, software, we have design patterns, which uh, actually came from uh, architectural design patterns. I wonder if in art, you have uh, art patterns that you follow when you create your paintings. Um, I wonder if, uh, if you wake up and you're on some journey to create, you know, one, two, three, four, five different paintings that follow this pattern or that pattern, or if you're completely spontaneous. How does your uh, painting begin, and uh, and where are you at right now with it? Uh, each each painting for me begins uh, entirely in and of itself. There there are are all uh, individual children. And uh, there are no multiple births for me, but uh, I think that the laws of composition are probably pretty general right across the board. 
Um, there are things that make good compositions. There are things that um, can reinforce that. And uh, I think that that's, you know, that that's probably the most important element in the construction of any art. And, uh, and I think that that's probably very true about the architecture in, of, uh, in your field as well. And that is that there are, you know, certain rules that make a better, make for better chip architecture and, and, uh, and if you break those rules, you do so at your own risk. Sometimes it can be very successful, but oftentimes it's not. Well, I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to, to talk here, and I hope that our listeners will go to your website. Uh, I'll repeat it distinctly, slowly and distinctly, so people will be able to find it, www.jgfriedman.com, and check that out. Take a look at your work. Nouveau, uh, which I believe is nouveau.com magazine, has an article that is published this month about you. And uh, thank you for uh, talking with me, and I hope we'll do this again. And maybe this will, you know, spawn something uh, of its own. Great. And uh, and for any of your listeners, if you do go to my website and you do see something there that does tug at your heartstrings or does remind you of, you know, uh, it does have a, a, an emotional link, uh, there's a button there that, there that says email artist. Please let me know about it. It's what I paint for, and I really like hearing that. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking to me, Mike.